Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out Swiss and European fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Dimitrios and Francesco, and we're going to talk about an MTF for crypto and digital assets based out of Liechtenstein and operating out of Zurich. We're going to find out how this all works. And uh, I'm really curious about what are the prospects for this business this year. So welcome, Dimitrios and Francesco. How are you today? Uh, Thank you for having us, Rudy. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much as well, and uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for for joining. And uh, well, first question I have typically is why have you decided to start your own business? Why you want to be your own boss and not to work in a big organization? I know that you had a uh, big careers uh, at uh, Goldman Sachs and elsewhere. So uh, how 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 did this come about? After some time, uh, you want the opportunity to make a direct impact and uh, being able to leverage all the experience you have built up in a market and a sector where you consider that you possess some version of uh, of familiarity and dare I say advantage. But most importantly, I personally always enjoyed finance, markets and economics like um, uh, academic academic economics so i couldn't have imagined in addition um, technology is touching our lives in every way so finding a an opportunity to think hard about topics that touch upon finance economics and technology with the added opportunity to showcase your execution and do well out of it effectively it's along with the idea of saying and you can define what you enjoy doing most. In my case, I know what I enjoy doing. So I'm already doing it in everything else I spend my time on. So there's no better way to enjoy myself than start a business that I can define in the best way possible. And to pass it on to Francesco, the best part of building your own business is you can choose the people you work with. Well, first of all, I found uh, the technology itself fascinating. And uh, not just the cryptography behind it, but also the fact that I see several similarities to, um, to for example, how the internet changed uh, the way we live uh, 20 years ago. And at some stage, I found, I found that it would have been a great combination to be able to work in a field which was always of interest to me with people that had, have had um, some sort of similar path toward, uh, where, towards where they are now. And, and that's why then I thought, you know, joint forces would have made sense because of the topic we were working on and because of the people I was working with. So, you know, put all these things together and uh, here we are. All right. So can you tell us also about your team and co-founders and uh, how did you find each other? Who does what? Francesco, go ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, one of the reasons why I thought this this could have been and has been an interesting uh, enterprise is because um, I would have had the chance to work together with a uh, good friend of mine, which used to uh, work with me at Goldman Sachs, um, Christian Katz, which then uh, left the firm to become the CEO of Six, so that's the uh, spot exchange in Switzerland, and um, we joined forces. And we think that you know, with with uh, the two of us, and in addition uh, with Dimitrios, we're really a management team that uh, that has enough experience in the markets to be able to um, make this uh, new franchise on the digital asset side uh, successful. I was lucky to meet my founder who is the total the polar opposite in terms of background experience and stage in life so lucas was the brightest computer science student at hong kong university of science and technology with a long string of entrepreneurial ventures in blockchain and uh, data science space and we started this business together almost like through many incarnations and pivots along the way almost two and a half years ago and my two other co-founders are Harvard Business School professors, Chris Malo and Lauren Cohen. They're actually the ones who are running the fintech program there now. So they have been very helpful by definition from the start. And uh, I was privileged to have lots of great support along the way. And with our team constantly getting replenished with new, amazing new talent. So I'm very glad with... Uh, the team we have sustained over the years and with my new partners now. So what is Nomisma? What is the problem that you're trying to solve? We are a derivatives matching engine and a regulated trading venue for digital asset derivatives. Alongside those two important topics, there are associated elements into which we are delivering our vision in. I had taken uh, some effort with Francesco's help and all of us... I wrote down our, our mission and I want to test it because it's pretty recent. So, and I'll leave it there. Our mission is to build and operate financial infrastructure that allows optimal risk sharing across time and states of the world for any asset that can be represented in digital form and to embed ourselves at every step of the relevant financial products life cycle from concept to, from concept to structuring from admission to trading to actual trading, from risk management to settlement and distribution. So that's a mouthful, but at every step of this sentence, we have worked hard to deliver a differentiated offering that allows us to create an ecosystem, again, an overworn world that has multiple-sided network effects. Obviously, the problem related to spot is known to everyone or spot trading. They just allow you know, to enter long positions. And as we have seen over the last 20, 25 years, once the market develops and more institutional clients enter it, there is an increasing need to, to be able to risk manage positions and leverage them and adjust for risk return profile, share, transfer risk, and so on and so forth. And that's why that's when derivatives become, become necessary. And that's what exactly, you know, it's exactly what, what we're offering. And if I can, you know, take a step back, I think there's going to be more and more need for derivatives because as I see the market developing uh, and I find parallels to what has happened again, you know, 20 years ago with, with the uh, internet uh, value stack, I see 
very large similarities and I expect that there's there's going to be a lot of developments in terms of applications, i.e. tokens, which will need to be traded and then also risk managed. That's why at some stage derivatives or the trading of derivatives will be, become more and more important. So that's what we're trying to do. So to put very simply, you believe that institutional investors will trade digital assets and for that, they need not only leverage, obviously, but they need to be able to trade derivatives on those assets. And for this to do it efficiently and professionally, they need an MTF like yours, right? I think that's a good way to describe it. Uh, I would say as well, we, uh, we look at the market even more broadly than that. So the concept of institutional uh, institutionalization is, again, slightly oversold. Everyone has the right to access markets and we see it on a daily basis in the big liquid markets that retail is having enough of an impact. And by definition, retail at the end, institutions are a manifestation of retail investors driving and decisions. But um, like today's a quarter and a half year, right? The flow from pension funds, which is driven by our long-term mass allocation decisions, are will drive markets, right? So... We as a business don't think differently about the regulated or the unregulated market. We think of it differently in terms of how we are... Pro we think of it differently from a go-to-market perspective. And we have uh, a very different standards in terms of how we want to access the revenue opportunity. But we feel that our tools uh, on the matching engine side are applicable to the problems that the current community trading crypto assets specifically or anyone who is trading any asset could partake of. So alongside, so the way to think of it is like, let's think of three pillars. One is unregulated crypto market, okay? Second is regulated digital assets. And third is, which on, on both of those, we can discuss how we find a way to be involved in operating our own trading venue platforms. And number three is any way that one can bolster liquidity across any regulated asset class where our matching engine can be helpful. I'm trying to describe that we have worked hard to have us, our solutions are consistently applicable across this categorization that fully defines the investment universe. So it's not restricted to institutions, it's not restricted to crypto, it's not restricted to regulated and unregulated. Certain of our components, obviously, are very relevant, are most relevant for each. All right, we'll dig into this as we go along. But I also wanted to know about your journey as a, as a business, right? So how did you fund it from the beginning? I know you've raised Series A funding. So how did that work for you in such a business that is completely new, right? It's in a new field, unlike, you know, many, many others who are trying to do the same thing. And uh, just saying, well, they are better than the others, but uh, you, you know, you are in the kind of a new new field altogether. I would even add to the fact it's not only it's a crowded, naturally space, is that we we haven't got ours like the Nomisma side hasn't gotten a product yet. We haven't gone to market, so it has been exceedingly hard to maintain interest from the investor base in an environment where we are still a work in progress. Separately, we're talking here about two businesses that are coming together. So it's Nomisma and SCX, which is, uh, Francesco represents Swiss Crypto Exchange that has been operating successfully for the last two and a half years. And he can obviously talk about what has, uh, what has come to fruition on that side and how we're coming together. Now, Nomisma, we had the, uh, seed funding by myself, a couple of friends, and importantly, Gen Fund, 
which is probably the biggest angel fund in China. Uh, the, we are obviously, I'm based in Hong Kong. Uh, my co-founder CTO is based in Hong Kong. We're a distributed firm across the world, which obviously is more fashionable now than it was two years ago. From a funding preferences round all the way to now, our main supporter has been uh, Susquehanna at, and, and the affiliated with the global trading technology provider and trading business based out of Philadelphia. And uh, alongside them, we've been privileged to have support from people like Andrew Keys, who, is, who used to be the head of business development at Consensus, uh, from Consensus itself, from uh, Liquid2 Ventures, which is Joe Montana's American football legend angel investing fund, to, to friends and family in some way that have been instrumental in driving this forward. So we have gone through three, three rounds and uh, all of them happened before hitting our most significant milestones, which was the licensing from the FMA at Liechtenstein and the MOU that was signed and is about to be translated into an agreement to operate on a revenue sharing basis, a joint venture and option exchange powered by our matching engine, which uh, are, where our partner is a major crypto incumbent. We achieved two milestones and we working hard towards fulfilling conditions around them and working towards them. So which means uh, next funding round, if it happens, it will be further down the line. Yeah, as Dimitrios mentioned, you know, um... The two businesses will be will be combined, and our part of it uh, has been over the last eighteen months nothing else than uh, a uh, fiat to crypto on ramp, how, how people uh, used to call it, and a crypto to crypto multilateral exchange in Switzerland. You know, so we're regulated by an SRO, and our target has always been growing on a B two B two C manner. You know, since you know the market in Switzerland is dominated by large institutions, including banks that's that's the way we wanted to grow and that's how we have been growing so far and in terms of the journey how it has been well obviously as we have decided to come together and and develop uh, the swiss crypto exchange only at the end of 2018 we missed somehow the the whole ico uh, craze so raising capital has not been so easy as is you know, it would have been if we had started in 2016, 17, and 18. But there are some advantages. We have been, since we didn't have unlimited amount of capital at disposal, we have been using it in a much more efficient way, I think. And um, in terms of, you know, who the investors are, they're you know, generally, I would say, angel investors and friends and family. So no institutional investors so far. And so why do you think it's better or easier for you to build such a thing on your own rather than, you know, some of the exchanges may be thinking about doing something like that? You know, it is uh, an infrastructure play, right, or a service. So uh, how does it work to build it basically on a greenfield? Let me say a couple of things. I would say on the one hand, standalone, like um, existing incumbents would love to have what we have. Uh, they just haven't managed to do it on time or quickly enough uh, in terms of the MTF license that we have achieved under MIFI, under MIFI 2. 
every global crypto exchange would have loved to have something similar. They just don't. Equivalently, the way that we worked hard via the regulatory framework in Europe versus the US allows practically for efficient batch processing of the regulatory requirements for launching digital asset derivative product. And uh, we achieved that. So it was just a matter that I don't think the actual uh, regulatory footprint, it was a race. And uh, I fancied our chances to do it more quickly ourselves than with anyone else. And it so far it worked out. Now, in terms of operating it, that's different. So at any point, we would look to Canvas partners and imagine who else could contribute in terms of operating the venue. Now, I have to highlight here, there are two components as I see of operating a venue. One is the bread and butter of running an exchange, like let's call it the pipes, the plumbing, most probably. And then is the innovation around the matching engine. So pipes and plumbing around running an exchange is not is a solvable problem, and it's a solved problem. You know, one way or the other, it's been done. There is a lot of knowledge around it, and one way or the other, given enough time and funding, you'll get it done. And what we have achieved in terms of uh, our matching engine ambition and our settlement protocol and everything else around it, there is significant innovation around it and naturally uh, execution risk. So there is a balance between in how we, how we strike the, the trade-off between innovation that comes from us versus execution that comes from par- traditional perspective. Further, in terms of the standalone aspect, on the unregulated side, exactly because we feel there, there is significant advantage to incumbency and to access and existing client bases, uh, we feel that the partner that we have, we're confident rather, we don't feel, that the partner we have gotten close to and we have signed the MOU and are working full speed towards transaction document and executing on our joint venture, solves the go-to-market problem in a in pitch-perfect fashion. All right. So you talked about matching engine for derivatives. So what are the key features of your technology? Why do you think it stands out versus the others? Maybe it's not such a crowded space, but I guess there there must be some competitors of yours. So why this one is better? It's just different. I won't call it better. It just addresses a different issue. So don't have to be modest, you know. <laughs> no, no. It's just you know. I mean, it's genuine, right? So a matching engine you see like on. Uh, if you Google matching engine or something, everyone is competing on speed, resilience, uh, how many simultaneous orders it can accommodate, and so on, right? And this is not what we're doing. So first of all, it's frequent batch auction-based. So it's discrete time and uniform price and double and all that. But what's important is it, um, it allows for a synchronous matching process. So it runs across multiple order books with different products underlying its maturities. And it allows for seamless handling of multi-legged conditional orders. Now, what's important here is that by utilizing basic financial engineering, financial economics principle, one can uh, directly embed into the matching engine basic arbitrage relationships that are usually enforced in the market by, by market makers or traders or arbitrageurs. So effectively, what we're doing is we're solving effectively a different problem. So we bring onto the matching engine certain of the abilities that market makers and other market participants possess themselves 
to enforce pricing relationships and create liquidity. So by doing that, we create more liquidity organically. Away from that, we have like embedded collateral optimization and liquidation engine and so on. But going back to the important point is that as far as a user is concerned, they see what they are accustomed to. So when they come and trade, they can see what they're used to. But what's happening behind the scenes is that if you are someone who wants to buy a call option, uh, usually in the standard market, you are matched with a seller of a call option. In our case, you could be matched with a seller of a put by put call parity. It's the simplest possible example I could think of. There are many complications around it that need to be solved. But that's a simple principle around what we're talking about. Or in the market, you trade... Uh, you trade spot, you trade a forward, but you can also do a swap, right? You can buy spot, sell forward. And right now in crypto and in most occasions, like in crypto specifically, these are three different order books, right? You can go to, let's say, Kraken, right? Great place. Uh, you need to order three different orders or you need to enter one order on a spot exchange, one order on forward and have collateral risk on both sides and execution risk and so on. In our case, you can simply enter an, a swap order on the engine directly and all collateral gets efficiently managed on venue. Uh, further, there are aspects around how we minimize or rather extinguish counterparty risk on a definitional basis. That's where the blockchain comes in as a settlement protocol of what we have worked on. So uh, what you are entering as a trade from a payoff perspective you will get it back, whatever happens, because there is always collateral back in your trades. And the and efficient use of collateral is delivered by collateral optimization and margin loan endogenously at a second stage. So again, complicated words, but they don't seem complicated to me, but I could see how they may sound complicated. But the point is that as a user, you'll come in, and you'll have the flexibility to do many things you are currently doing or you're currently not seeing anywhere, but as a simple product, you are very well accustomed to. What happens in behind the scenes is where the magic happens, but you don't need to know about it. So, well, let me try to simplify to the to the lowest possible denominator. So basically, is it, that, is the, is it the case that you're providing a risk management solution for derivatives across different kinds of products which is an automated one, right? And uh, and smooth, and you know whether you leverage blockchain or not, that uh, that's another story. But as you ju just said before, that you need to have uh, orders in different order books uh, in traditional uh, in traditional setting. But in yours, you don't have to worry about it. It's all taken care of by your by your matching engine, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, just to recap, what kind of instruments are traded on your MTF? I mean, you mentioned the digital assets or tokens and then the cryptocurrencies. Is that uh, how, how does, is that going to work? I will be very specific by quoting from the document that the regulator shared with us as the, as the roadmap to, towards us operating. It describes the following. The financial instruments that will be admitted to trading on the Nomisma MTF are digital asset derivatives, including puts and calls for risk transfer, derivatives on payment, utility, and security token. In short, it means 
any derivatives on anything that can be represented in digital format, and that includes security payment and utility tokens. All right. So you mentioned this um, a few times. You obtained the license from Liechtenstein. You're the first MTF uh, platform that uh, trades with derivatives on, uh, that you know are based on crypto or digital currencies or, or digital assets, and also leverages blockchain. So a lot of people have been talking about blockchain this, blockchain that for the last few years. So where does the blockchain add value in your context, right? I mean, how is it helpful? Uh, the blockchain in our case operates at two levels. One is at the, at the collateral management level, the record keeping of transactions level. So further, there is on-chain validation, settlement and payout, and client signed signatures. So these are various levels at which we can fine-tune the level of what I call trustlessness of our MTF, okay? So, so the, the engineering stack that we have, that we have built and we're building picks up upon the custody point, the collateral management point. So all these points I mentioned are more efficiently done via blockchain. And one can argue for and against those. Right. But we feel it's a case. So now it's a case of, let's say, with a client who are working on to power the exchange for the unregulated side. We are on a debate on which elements we will use the blockchain for and on which they rely upon the traditional method of the of service provision they have already used for their normal spot exchange. You see what I mean? So that's that's how we describe it. When you look at the people or the clients that will be able to trade on your MTF, right? I mean, how does the kind of admission process work? So if I say I'm a broker in digital currencies and uh, I come to you and say I want to be trade I want to trade at your MTF how do you check uh, check on me we have done the hard work to establish ourselves as a proper financial markets regulated entity which means we're going to do the same thing that the other 200 MTFs that have been operating in Europe do so we'll do our job properly the fact that right. it so happens we are the first one who specifically is described as allowed to operate on and, and trade digital asset derivatives, doesn't mean we'll do anything differently. We're subject to MIFI 2, to EMIR, to MIFIR, some things are applicable, some not. So the comparison is not all these great businesses that have been built, I don't know, Kraken or Coinbase or all these various good people that have done these great businesses, right? So I can see how one would ask them, how do you do it? And I'm sure they're doing a great job because they're focusing on it. In our case, the equivalent is, uh, how is Euronext doing it? Or how is Nasdaq doing it or something? The fact that we're regulated, as you said, um, similarly or exactly the same as other MTFs in Europe, which have been operating for years now, is obviously uh, an indication that we're going to be onboarding clients, i.e. participants or members, the way they have been doing that for, for a long time now. So it's not going to be any different. Technology might be different on the MTF, and it is, and it's based also on a different product. But the way we're going to operate and onboard our participants and members is going to be exactly the same as, as actually rules and regulations in Europe request from us. So what are the milestones that you'd like to hit this year? Obviously, it's been a bit complicated year. So how do you see it going forward for you? Look, the good news is we are, we've always been a distributed team, as I mentioned earlier. So we haven't really missed a beat. If anything, we get going, right? So our deadline to operate, to get operational in Liechtenstein is the end of the year. And we intend to fulfill that. Uh, SEX is obviously 
operating fine and is doing very is doing very well. So uh, we want to bring some of the functionality and the features of our matching engine onto the SCX trading experience. So that's an area that we want to do. That we want to bring synergies between the organizations, which are the same now. And number three is that, as I mentioned, we have signed an MOU and are working very closely with our major crypto incumbents. And we, our target is, by the end of the year, to launch the option exchange with their brand name, powered by Nomisma. That's how it will be presented to the world. So there is a, a lot of work going on. All right. And where do interested parties find out more about Nomisma and uh, what kind of people would you like to hear from most so that they can help you on your journey going forward and hitting those milestones you just talked about? Francesco and Christian are driving, are very important to the broad business, but specifically are running with the MTF operation. So naturally, they're in the process of, and I'll let Francesco do for himself, like, we need to bring people on board, right? So to man our function. That's a topic that we definitely would want people to talk to us about. Second thing is we have a reasonable ambitions on revolutionizing trading experience across all asset classes. And I don't want to say it to I want it to sound exactly as it sounds. So anyone who hears this and works for any trading venue and some of them already we have dialogues. What actually want to hear from us? Because we're talking about two years of work from people with very long and deep financial engineering and actual financial markets experience. So we've done something which is, it hasn't been done before in the traditional uh, trading venue space across across any, any asset class. And uh, finally, anyone who finds any point about what we discussed remotely interesting, I'm always one knock, uh, I don't say like a tick, a knock available on LinkedIn or on email or any other way. And I'm sure Francesco, same thing. Uh, every one of your audience who is around the neighborhood can see him walking by Zurich, right? As Dimitrios mentioned, you know, I'm going to be running the Numisma, the Numisma side of the business and Christian will be um, active at the board level. And I think, you know, anybody who is out there Institutions, for example, that uh, have been running a spot exchange or derivative exchange on traditional markets so far and is thinking about expanding that to new products, which are the ones that we, uh, we're going to be offering markets on, i.e. derivatives on, uh, on digital assets, they're more welcome to contact us and, and have a discussion with us. Uh, also because of the reason that in most of the cases, those institutions massively underestimate the, um, the amount of craftsmanship which is necessary to build something like this from scratch. And um, so that's one, one of the reasons why it could be interesting. But also, for example, uh, spot exchanges out there on digital assets, which are looking to add uh, or you know, upsell, offer derivatives on, 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 on those very digital assets, are more than welcome to contact us and, and, and see how we, how we could cooperate. Great. Well, thank you, Dimitrios and Francesco, and good luck to Nomisma. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, 
or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceofintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.